Hey friends, before I start the next reflection, I just wanted to check in with you all and kind of give you a little update. The last time I had recorded a Tao Te Ching reflection, I had mentioned that I was going to pause and take uh, 30 minutes of silence and stillness at a, in each and every single day. I was going to commit to that. And I had also mentioned that I was in the process of reading Emily Joy Allison's book, Hashtag Church 2, that we were, and that we were going to be interviewing her, which all of that has taken place. And you can stop and listen to that interview if you would like. But it was in the process of, you know, finishing that book. And then in these moments of silence that I was finding that I had some very, very deep and very personal issues to address. And it was something that I didn't even realize uh, how much that was just hidden sort of in the in the background from myself that it you know it's slowly each time I would would attempt at silence I you know there's things that would would pop up and and I knew that I don't know I think it was time it was time for me to address some of these things so I'm grateful for um, you know the strength that I've had uh, to be able to stop for a second and 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 start to really look at this, but I but I needed also that time away and that personal time, and so this recording obviously is coming much later than I said, but I just wanted to explain to you a little bit of uh, why, and uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, I'll, without any further ado, let's uh, <laughs> we'll move forward now with the next chapter, chapter forty five. The grand system seems defective, but it will never malfunction. Grand abundance seems empty, but it is inexhaustible. Grand justice seems crooked. Grand virtuosity seems unskilled. Grand eloquence seems unlearned. Motion warms us when it's cold. Stillness cools us when it's hot. Clarity and stillness bring the world into alignment. A couple mornings ago, I was, I poured myself a cup of coffee and, and then I, you know, I put it down somewhere and I had gotten distracted, I don't know, doing certain things. And so then all of a sudden I remembered, oh yeah, I poured myself some coffee. Where is it? So I go into the kitchen, I'm looking around, and I don't see it. I start to, you know, go throughout the rest of the house. And for those of you that know where I live, my place is extremely small. There's not a lot of places, there's not a lot of places for it to be. And so I roamed the house and I literally, I think I went into the room like three times each, you know, looking all over. And I know I poured this cup of coffee Nobody has come or left since I poured it, so it's not as if somebody could have taken it. And it doesn't have legs <laughs> to walk out, so clearly it's got to be in here somewhere. So where did that coffee go? And then I, I got to the point where I couldn't spend any more time looking at it that I had to attend to some things. And then it was just a few minutes <laughs> later that I'm in the kitchen and right in front of me, smack dab in the center of the kitchen table is my basically full mug of coffee 
And when I saw it, I laughed because <laughs> I realized that so most mornings I have a red cup. We have a lot of red mugs that we have, you know, hanging on a shelf and I just grab one of them and and pour my coffee. Well, this time I grabbed, you know, some of we have oddball ones too that I put in a cupboard and I had grabbed just one of those and apparently because I was looking for my usual red mug, I absolutely could not see my mug of coffee right there, right in front of me, literally right in front of me. It was just in a different color mug from what I was expecting. And that was a very real moment of, of where I was able to realize that my expectations of something or even my incomplete understanding of something actually gets in the way of me literally seeing something that is right there in front of me. And it's crazy. I know that, you know, I know the brain, you know, does certain shortcuts and things like that. And so it's, you know, a lot of it's a survival thing But you know, if normally it's a red cup, I'm sure it's quicker for me to sort of process and, and look for my red cup. But in some of that efficiency, again, I can't even see something that is right in front of me. And perhaps if it's something I don't like, if it's an incomplete understanding, I can't possibly know what, what actually is because I, I don't even have the capability at that moment to fully understand what, what that would look like. So this chapter is a great reminder that sometimes what is reality, what is the, the, the best and most perfect version of some of these things, it will look to us like the opposite. And it might keep us, if we're not careful, from seeing what is the actual best version of, of doing things, of being. But also what I do like about this, this chapter is Lao Tzu also gives us a cure or at least a helpful uh, way of being able to address this. And that's at the very end when Latsu says, clarity and stillness bring the world into alignment. It's in those times when, you know, we have all this stuff in our, in our heads that we're, we're got all these thoughts and all this busyness and all these, I don't know, expectations, commitments and things that are all, jumbling around inside our heads and if we stop for a second and if we find that stillness still our crazy heads with all of our thoughts all of our feelings all of our emotions just bring stillness to that then sometimes all of the particles <laughs> all of that craziness will will start to kind of settle like imagining like, you know, a, a pond or something where all of the water gets swished around. And then, and if you just like, once it starts to slow down, then, you know, the particles start to settle and it falls down sort of to the bottom and it brings clarity once again to that pond. And in the same way with our, with our brains, like in our minds, uh, if we find, if we find that stillness, then all of my craziness, 
can sort of settle and I can see with, with better clarity. And it's when you have that clarity that then maybe you're able to then see the things that you couldn't see before, that your own thoughts and, and emotions and feelings and all of that stuff was getting in the way of you being able to embrace the reality that is right there in front of you. And I think like this kind of thing, like when, when I, I find that that's why vacations are so important, uh, time away, make, you know, being intentional about, you know, getting breaks and, uh, you know, and tending to the things that I need to in my own life, uh, taking some time for myself and, 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 you know, finding, finding those, those moments where I can just sort of pull back from everything and, and also like just put my brain somewhere else for a little while so that I'm not just caught up in, in only thinking in one way. But one of the things that doesn't need to be a vacation, I know vacations cost money. Uh, it could literally be just that silence and stillness that I was you know, talking about that that doesn't cost money. I don't have to pay anything to do that. And if I schedule that out in my day, I know, I know my day will be so much better. It's a chance for me to check in, see where I'm at, stop me right in my tracks of any of you know, getting up all up in my own head and and being able to then when I come back, when I'm ready to, after after that time of silence and stillness, then I can go back in and engage back in to all of those things that I need to do, but maybe a little less frantically, maybe with a little bit less of uh, my own expectations and incomplete understanding and that I can actually see uh, the things that I need to see to do the work that I need to do. And it's in that moment where I do, you know, feel like I'm not doing it in such a, you know, with so much craziness that instead it's with a deeper piece upon piece.